Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 10 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, to follow us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. And also, before we get started, please make sure to check out my episode series, Is the NBA Getting Better and Better? Parts 1 through 3. I worked very hard on them. Go check them out because it seems like everything I say is related to those episodes in some way, shape, or form anyway. So tonight's agenda, we're going to talk about the Clippers uh, just just recently dropped their third game of the season to the Spurs. We're going to talk about the Lakers winning their second in a row against the Grizzlies and their fourth in a row overall. And then we're going to end it with the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks game yesterday. And then maybe we'll harp on the Nets just a tad and then we'll go to the live comments on YouTube. So let's start with the Clippers who just dropped their third game of the season. This was the first game we played this season without Paul George and it wasn't pretty from the start. I thought that, you know, I always talk about the defensive intensity to start the games, but I don't think the Clippers defensive intensity was too awful tonight. It wasn't as bad as like the Dallas game or games last year. It wasn't great. It wasn't as good enough as it should be or as good as we've seen early this season. But in my opinion, the problem was really offensively. Kawhi didn't touch the ball for like the first two minutes and the, we just were getting some tough threes and some semi-open threes. And the Spurs just came out firing and they were firing all night. And some of it was good defense. They were just hitting for a lot of it. But the part that I really have a problem with is before I get to my, my opinion on Paul George load managing arresting or the team load managing Paul George tonight, the second unit with, you know, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard started tonight, but he was often in that second unit with Lou, Zhu, Kennard, uh, Reggie Jackson. And since we didn't have Paul George tonight, we couldn't stagger. So we, we had, you know, Terrence Mann for nine minutes in the first half and then Patrick Patterson for seven minutes in the second half. But they just can't defend because all three of them, it's too small of a lineup. Neither of them are good defenders. Not Kennard. Lou Williams is a defensive liability. Kennard, I've already seen, he's a little weak. He's not strong, so he gets bodied a lot and he gets blown by here and there. He's not awful, but he's not great by any means or good by any means. So having all three of those guys out there at once, we plummeted and we went down by 24 Kawhi started getting going, though, to end the first half, which got us down to about 19 at halftime. And then in the second half, we came out with much better energy, led by Patrick Beverly, who it's really unfortunate that we didn't get the win tonight because we really wasted a really good game for Pat Bev, especially shooting the ball. 7 out of 10 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3, and 20 points to go along with 8 rebounds and 8 assists. By far, Patrick Beverly's 
best game of the season that we wasted. He like I thought we were down and out because once again that second unit we tied we were, we got it down to about one, and then that second unit came in. I think it was at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And just absolutely blew it again, you know? Just not affecting anything over screens. Because as I said, they're small guys. Three guards. And, you know, offensively, it's so annoying. Because, like, I, I like Lou Williams a lot. But I'm kind of... I'm starting to get over the Lou Will experience because if he doesn't make shots, there's no positive of him being on the court. And it's very frustrating. And Reggie Jackson, I've been said it, and I'm going to keep saying it, I don't care how many good games he plays against shitty teams, we should not have re-signed him. He's dumb. The only thing he's good at is catching and shooting. Like, that's it. And he's a point guard. So I had a big problem with the fact that when Paul George wasn't there tonight, we had nothing because no Morris, of course. And we dug ourselves a huge hole, but somehow, and this is the one positive, we didn't quit yet again, which I love to see. You know, by the way, shout out to the sniper. My goodness, every damn time he shoots the ball, you think it's going in. And it's been that way for years now. Patty Mills. My goodness. Patty Curry, should I say. Jesus fucking Christ, man. I mean... Let's look at the line for him. 8 of 16, 8 of 12. So he was 0 for 4 from 2 and 8 of 12 from 3. I mean, that's ridiculous. 27 points. Vassell gave him some good minutes too, especially in the 4th. 12 points, plus 19. And then Rudy Rudy Gay was making some lucky-ass bank shots. But, you know, he was making some shots. And some of the shots that the Spurs were making were tough. I mean, 20 out of 40 from 3. Like, you're probably going to win a basketball game when you're shooting like that. But the second unit, man, was just so disappointing. And I have to say it because it's concerning me. You know, in the offseason, I was talking about how Ivica Zubats may be my most improved pick. But the second I heard he was going to be on the bench, I, I, you know, scratched that one. But he has not found his rhythm on the bench. This is the only thing I was afraid of when Ty Lue put Surge in the starting lineup. Zoo doesn't look comfortable right now. He's bobbling the ball off his hands like he can't even catch the ball. He just doesn't look engaged. He doesn't look confident. And I'm a little bit concerned about that. Just a little bit. But Ibaka had a stinker tonight. This was his worst game as a Clipper, in my opinion, outside of Dallas. Actually, worse than Dallas. 1 of 7, 0 of 2. Just didn't have a very good game. He was okay on defense, but it's okay. You know, Serge, he's been great this season, so it's going to happen. But he still plays the right way, so I don't really get mad. I get mad at guys like Lou and, you know, who can't play defense and just... Lou at the, also at the end of the game. You know, we're getting close. We're coming back. Kawhi's in his bag. Pat Bev is making plays. Pat Bev dove on the floor to get us another possession. You know, because Lou Williams thought it was a good idea to take a contested three when our best player is having his best game of the season. 30 and 10. And Lou Williams thinks it's a good idea to shoot a contested three. It's not his team anymore. He needs to understand that. Know your role. So frustrating. But... Let's talk about the real reason why the Clippers lost tonight, and that was because Paul George didn't play. And here's my problem. We talk about it again with this resting crap, is Paul George does not have a chronic injury. And I'm not blaming Paul George. This was definitely the team's doing. But I hate this shit because Kawhi's going to set out tomorrow against a red-hot Warriors team. And if we lose those two games at home, we drop two games because our star players that are getting a combined $70 million this year cannot play back-to-back games which is absolutely ridiculous. So I get it with Kawhi. He's got a chronic injury. I'm aware. But Paul George should be playing tonight. The season is shorter this year. That shit pisses me off. AD and LeBron, AD has sat out one game, and LeBron is 36 years old, and he hasn't sat out one game. So that really makes me angry. Anyway, 
So tomorrow, big game. We cannot lose to Golden State, and I'm not confident in Paul George's leadership ability, despite how well he's been playing. Because you know what's going to happen tomorrow? There's going to be a lineup where Paul George comes out of the game, and then what are we going to do? So I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned about the load management and this stuff getting in the way of us building rhythm yet again. Anyway, let's move on to the Lakers, who played the Grizzlies yet again, and started out very well. And then they did that thing again that we talk about with the Lakers, where they kind of didn't play, you know, took their foot off the gas, let's put it that way, and started going very stagnant offensively. A lot of just watching somebody work, whether it was THT, Montrash, who actually played pretty decent tonight in my opinion, uh, LeBron or AD, and the Grizzlies started, you know, making some shots, making some plays, and you got to give the Memphis Grizzlies credit tonight. They competed, and especially, you know, guys like, I thought Gorgie Jang was pretty good in that first half. You know, Kyle Anderson was a good, uh, was good today. But the Lakers clamped it down after the second quarter. The second quarter was very, very shaky for them until Anthony Davis came back and completely restored order. You know, he was much more aggressive tonight. That's the Anthony Davis we like to see on Dime Dropper. 10 out of 20 from the field. 4 of 10 from 3. Too many threes, in my opinion. Even though he's 40%, half his shots should never be threes. I do not care. They beat the Grizzlies without John Moran and Jaron Jackson Jr. by two points tonight. So that should let you know that that's not going to be the... That, that three bullshit's not going to work all the time. But AD was better, 26-10, and 10, four assists, three steals, three blocks. And even though the Grizzlies hung around and you got to admire their effort, LeBron in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter late in the game, he was on cruise control the whole game, LeBron. But in that fourth quarter, he did what superstars do. And that's the thing about LeBron is he's so, as I've said several times this season, he's so comfortable. With, like He just knows he's, this is not his first rodeo. Let's put it that way. Uh, that, that, that shot that he hit though could have been a travel, the one where he fumbled the ball late in the game, but regardless, LeBron also making some nice turnarounds over that right shoulder. That's been, he's been getting better at making turnarounds over that right shoulder for a couple years now. Still doesn't hit shots over that left shoulder though. As I talked about is the NBA getting better turnarounds over both shoulders, but you know, uh, LeBron was really good in the way he closed out that game tonight. AD was making some huge plays on defense and you know who else I thought was pretty good tonight again was Marcus Gasol. You know, I thought that the team was better when he was in. I mean, I think he doesn't get many minutes, but man, the guy was plus 11. He was in foul trouble, but some of those fouls were a little unfair. I think he has some really good hands, and he always has had really good hands. Around the basket, makes nice strips, gets the ha- his hand on the ball when some players go up. He makes nice passes. You know, he had two assists tonight, but both those assists, I remember off the top of my head because they were real assists. You know, there was one where he got an offensive rebound, nice kick out to the corner for an open three, and then one where he made a nice pass to the cutting LeBron. So Marcus saw, I think he does good things for the Lakers, and I I really think that he started out slow, but the more you watch him play, if you're a Laker fan, the more you like him. You know, as I say, I watch these games from a fan perspective, even though I don't root for anyone, but the Clippers really. Also, I mean, I do do root for the dime dropper teams a, a good amount, like just because I'm covering them, but Lakers and Celtics, they can they can lose every game as far as I'm concerned because they already have too many championships as it is. But like the teams like the Hawks, you know, the Wizards and you know the Suns, I do like to see them get the dubs. But yeah, so that's the thing. Schroeder again, you know, not his best night. Some really careless passes and some a little bit of bonehead defending at times. But overall, he still made some great defensive plays as well. And you know, he still got some points. Twelve of them which the Lakers need because nobody besides LeBron or AD scored more than 10 because Markeith Morris was absolutely broke and Wes Matthews was eh, missing some open threes as well. But ultimately, what do we say about great teams? They find a way to win even when things aren't going great and the Lakers have the two top five, two of the top five players in the NBA and LeBron, so far he's been fantastic because 
He just has done what is needed to win without trying to do too much. And that's what I say LeBron has struggled with in the past where he always likes to do a lot. But he's just, I think LeBron's just gotten smarter as his career has gone on in ways. And when he's, you know, bought into the coach and the system and the team and the franchise, whatever, like he is now, you get the best version of him, in my opinion, that's less worried about himself. Anyway, Lakers move on to 6-2, and two, do a good job of taking care of business in these four games that they had, all easy games. But let's finish off with the Knicks and the Hawks from last night. A bad loss again for the Atlanta Hawks, who, you know, this is their second game in a row. They lost by five points. The last one was to Cleveland. This one was to New York. And you got to give a shout out. I got to give a shout out to Julius Randle, who really came out aggressive, you know, bodying John Collins in that low post. John Collins couldn't contain Julius Randle. And because the Knicks play big, Capella had to be worried about Mitchell Robinson. So. It was a tough, and Julius Randle played 43 minutes. I mean, Tom Thibodeau, let's give a shout-out to the Knicks now who are 4-3. and three. You know, I don't know. This is probably still all smoke and mirrors, but Tom Thibodeau has really changed this team defensively. They really come to compete every night, and, you know, that's something you can't say about the Knicks teams in the last five, six years. So Julius Randle was unreal all night. 11 of 19 from the field, guys. 28, 17, and 9. Laker fans will know he's a great rebounder. He's a hardworking player. Sometimes his energy just isn't spent the smartest way. But the Hawks did end up going back up by 15, just like we saw against... Um, just like we saw against Cleveland because Trey Young was wheeling and dealing the pick and roll. DeAndre Hunter was making open threes. John Collins was doing his thing. However, we kind of saw a similar thing, but this time I think it was more on the Knicks just making some great shots and making some plays. I mean, Emmanuel quickly and Austin Rivers, special shout out to Austin Rivers, former Clipper, came off the bench and really provided some good minutes and some good scoring, energy, defense. Emmanuel quickly, 16 points, rookie. 16 points plus 17 in only 19 minutes of play. And a lot of those were in the fourth quarter. He was fantastic off the bench. And Austin Rivers, eight points off the bench and had a huge play at the end of the game. And this is where I say a little bit again, falling a little too in love with that three ball for me with Atlanta. Bogdanovich, again, was just not great. Kevin Herter, I mean, as I said, he's a gunner, but he is not a very good defender. I've already noticed he gets beat a good amount. And he's one of those like Kennard where he's a little, he's not very good laterally and he's not very strong. So he gets kind of bodied and pushed. People can create space on him fairly easily and take him to the rack. Kevin Herter was 4 of 12 and 1 of 6 from 3. It wasn't his best night. The, the Hawks bench only had 14 points. So that wasn't good enough for them. Whereas the Knicks got contributions from Austin and Emmanuel quickly. But Cam Reddish again. Not a great performance for him. That's his second game of the row, and he's been off to a great start to the season. And without Gallinari and without Rondo, you're going to need better performances from Bogdanovich and Cam Reddish. Capella was good, Trey, but here's the thing about Trey Young and John Collins. They got worse as the game went on, and that's a problem. Trey Young had like four, three or f at least three turnovers in the fourth quarter. One of them was a blatant push-off on Austin Rivers, and Austin Rivers hit a three right after that. Us Clipper fans know Austin Rivers, you can say a lot of things about him, but one thing you can't say is that he's not clutch. Austin Rivers is a big shot maker late in games. I can recall many moments with the Clippers where he did this, with where he did that, and then of course that shot against North Carolina when he was in college. So a great win for the Knicks, but the Hawks need to not lose focus anymore. Trey Young especially, he can't just get careless with the ball, and they can't fall too in love with the three ball, you know, in games. 10 of 31, that's not good enough. So, yeah. And, the, and you know what the sad part is for the Hawks is they were low turnover in this game, 12 turnovers. So Trey Young having eight turnovers, even though he had 14 assists, that eight turnovers is way too much. 
And then, yeah, need more from Cam Reddish and Bogdanovich. Kevin Herter can't shoot like that. Just a little bit more focus for 48 minutes for Atlanta. They can't get too high on themselves just because they won a couple of games early in the season. That's not going to work. So Atlanta needs to bounce back in that next game because, you know, a team like that that had the worst record in the league last year, they can't just expect to go on and win the championship, not win the championship, make the playoffs, you know, losing games to teams that they should beat at home like Cleveland and New York. Let's end it off just briefly. We're not going to get to 24 minutes tonight because there was only a couple games in the league tonight, but the Nets, even though they're one of our teams, I don't, I'm not, I don't really have interest in watching them without Kevin Durant, but I did see that they came out with a huge win tonight, 34-point victory, 130-96. Kyrie went off, but here's what I said, guys. Just be, I'm, It's not a bad thing tonight, but I'm just saying be, be wary of this. Kyrie Irving going off, getting more com- comfortable scoring, when KD comes back, I just don't want Kyrie thinking that he's the best player on this team. That is a problem to me because he's not the best player on this team. And I just, I don't want Celtics vibes, guys. And last year, Kyrie Irving was averaging 30 points, but they weren't winning games. When he got injured, they were winning more games with Spencer. And that is because even though you can get a good shot with Kyrie every time, and you know, what's a really a bad shot with Kyrie Irving? He can make everything. Problem is, once again, Everybody getting involved. But I did see this. Kyrie finished with 29 points tonight, by the way. 12 of 19, 5 of 7. Great game. He needed to do that tonight, though, without Durant. But I see some adjustments from Coach Nash. We talked about his rotations. DeAndre Jordan on the bench tonight. Joe Harris on the bench tonight. Torian Prince starting. Jeff Green starting in place of Durant. Bruce Brown starting. And Jared Allen starting. And I've heard a lot of Nets fans on Twitter. And I think T-Money in the in the... One of our guys, in the, one of the subscribers, was talking about Bruce Brown as a good defender, 3 and D guy. We hadn't seen any of him in the first couple games. I see he played 23 minutes tonight, was plus 20. He had to have made a good impact, 6-6-5 six, six, and five for Bruce Brown. And Jarrett Allen's stat line really pops out on the screen to me right now. Started his first game of the season. I've been saying he needs to play more than DJ. 19 points, 18 rebounds. So maybe this is, you know, the Nets getting back into the right direction or back on the right track. Four and four. How long can Kyrie keep this up with Kevin out? And when Kevin comes back, will Kyrie tone it down and go back to, you know, I don't think he's tried to be a sidekick. He wants to be a 1A, 1B kind of dynamic. So we'll see how detrimental that could be in the future. Anyway, that's all for me tonight, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to tell me what you thought of the episode. Disappointing night for me with the Clips losing. It's never a good night for me when that happens. I hate this resting shit, but... Whatever, you know, we're still doing our thing here at Dime Dropper, producing the content. Content. 18-minute recap is what we're going to end with tonight. Have a safe night. We'll catch you tomorrow. Peace.